Welcome back to the Innovators Podcast. Here on episode four, we had a chance to interview Judy Isles. Judy is the director for the Papa John Center for Entrepreneurship, as well as CyBiz Lab. We talked about uh, a lot of the things that the Papa John Center does for entrepreneurs and, and students. We also got to talk about uh, some exciting news out of the startup factory and just kind of what Judy does here at Iowa State. So hope you enjoy the conversation. I know I did. Judy, thank you again for your time today. Why don't we just start off, our listeners heard a little bit about uh, your background here in the beginning of the podcast, but just give us a little bit of background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you, what do, you do here uh, with, with Papa John Center and with SciStarters, with SciBiz, um, you name it. Just give us, give us a little bit of a rundown. So I, I'm, I've been around a long time, so I'm old, um, but I've been engaged in entrepreneurship at Iowa State for, for a number of years, and I, I really got started because I responded to an inquiry in one of my classes that Steve Carter, um, who was working for the SBDC at that point, was looking for somebody to help do market research for companies trying to go international. I thought that sounded interesting, so I kind of jumped on with a part-time job. And that's really what got me connected to all of this. So back then, there were no academic majors or minors in entrepreneurship. Uh, Papa John Center did not exist. Um, and the SBDC was mostly serving community businesses. So I started doing work with them, ended up going full-time, um, d- doing business consulting with our SBDC clients. And then John Papa John gave money to the center in 1996 and funded five centers across the state. So my role sort of shifted from uh, working with companies to really building the programs that we have today. And so the Papa John Center really has what I would call three focus areas. One would be to work with students and faculty across the campus to provide entrepreneurship education opportunities, study entrepreneurship, bring in speakers to the classroom, um, work with their students or faculty or whatever. So we we have an academic focus, so we integrate a lot of what we do with um, the academic programs. And I can talk about all those, all the, the academic opportunities that are available now. Second, we offer a lot of experiential learning. So the things that you see out here at the park, mm-hmm. um, internships with park companies, uh, speakers, our summer accelerator for students, pitch competitions, business competitions. So helping those students that have an interest in entrepreneurship go a little bit further and actually participate in and, and, and experience entrepreneurship. And then finally, our sort of third focus area is to really support those who create businesses. So part of the location here at the park, integrating with all the economic development groups, is to support companies both on and off campus and and help grow our ecosystem. And I think back when John made the announcement to start the Papa John Centers, he said, um, let's just, let's create 500 new entrepreneurs in Iowa. And that was pretty much the direction we had. And so we sort of developed this sort of three-prong approach, which became our mission, and that's still our mission today, is to help integrate entrepreneurship into the curriculum across campus, provide experiences for people trying to um, explore entrepreneurship, and then support companies that develop. So you said there's five centers? Five Papa John centers, where, yeah. Where are the other and ones? We're, so the three regents institutions, so University of Northern Iowa, University of Iowa, and Iowa State. And then Nyack Community College in Mason City, that's where John grew up and his family, and uh, Drake University, which is where he lives. So that was sort of the target. And we all work together. We do collaborative programs. We do statewide competitions for students and 
um, grown-up entrepreneurs. Is there some like competition a little bit uh, between the centers of see you know see who can uh, you know uh, have the best curriculum have the best I, programs I think it was competitive for about two weeks and then we all realized there was enough work to do across the state that we really have a wonderfully collaborative relationship with the other Papa John centers cool. and we'll refer back and forth um, you know if we've got somebody's got a program University of Iowa has a great youth program so we'll send people there um, we do tech business here in, in ag or whatever so mm-hmm. it's it's a and most of us have been with our centers for the whole time. So oh. we've stuck with it. We've become, we're good friends um, and great collaborators. Interesting. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an Iowa focus. That's awesome. I've seen, um, as a student, I've been able to see uh, kind of that entrepreneurship uh, curriculum that you were talking about kind of take shape over the last couple of years. I think um, I'm, a, I'm a senior now. My freshman year, we didn't have an entrepreneurship major, I don't think. And then it was introduced the next year. When well, what year was that introduced? Yeah, so I have give you sort of the whole the whole gamut. So the interdisciplinary entrepreneurship minor launched in 1997. So it's been around yeah. a long time. And and we were that was quite um, quite new uh, to 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 have entrepreneurship in an academic program outside of a, a business college. You would find some in engineering, some business and engineering partnerships, but a cross-campus minor was quite revolutionary at the time. Now everybody's trying to do that. Um, And and so that launched a long time ago, and it still exists. The major in entrepreneurship out of the business college for business students was launched in 2017. Gotcha. Last count, we were at or close to or over 100 students for this semester, so growing pretty rapidly. And there's a graduate certificate in entrepreneurship. So any student, again, across disciplines who wants to pursue uh, complementing the entrepreneurship and business classes with their technical major of, area of study can do a graduate certificate. Um, Ivy College of Business launched a PhD. So only the eighth school in the country to have a PhD specialization in entrepreneurship. Hmm. Um, I can't remember what year that was, a few years ago. And, and we're actually working on a Master of Entrepreneurship, which would uh, provide a, a, an even more stronger experiential component to people that are trying to uh, not just learn entrepreneurship, but, but do, do entrepreneurship, participate in programs like we offer here. What does a class load look like for an entrepreneurship, whether that's undergrad or mm-hmm. going on into the, into the graduate programs? Is it business classes, what does it consist of? It, well, so that's what's really cool about Iowa State's program is there are entrepreneurship courses in every college all the way across. There's, there's like 100 that a student who wants to pursue a minor in entrepreneurship can, um, there's, there's a couple of, it's a 15 credit minor, two required courses. So introduction on entrepreneurship is required for everybody. And you walk into that classroom any semester of any year and you will find students from all the colleges um, all the college disciplines in that class. So it's very interdisciplinary. The second course can be a choice of a feasibility co- entrepreneurship course or a social entrepreneurship course or a corporate entrepreneurship course. And so you have, out of those four courses, you pick two, and those are required for every student who does the minor. The electives, then, are all over the place. So a student can really pick and choose uh, courses from their home college, so ag entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship in human sciences, engineering entrepreneurship, they can put together whatever course they want, or they can, you know, a business student might reach out to another discipline, an advertising student might take a business course, whatever. And then the, the fifth course, or the, the final three credits, are experiential in nature. 
So they would do an internship, propose their own business idea. Some of the courses are designated as experiential. So that's the minor. It's 15 credit minor. Um, when we designed that, it was really designed with no prerequisites to make it really accessible for students who don't have a business core curriculum. They don't have to do all the you know, the econ prereqs and everything else. So it makes it pretty easy. And that was the whole purpose was help everybody be exposed to entrepreneurship across campus. The major's a little bit different, so you have to be a business student. You have to be accepted into their uh, professional program. It It is 18 credits, so some of the same courses from the minor. You can still do the introduction to entrepreneurship, corporate entrepreneurship. Um, but then you get more into the disciplined focus areas, entrepreneurial marketing, entrepreneurial finance, courses like that. So that um, requires admittance into the business program, and then there's... Um, the required courses for the major plus electives. So again, you can choose from all of these many electives across campus cool. to do the major. For students that, I guess to kind of segue into some of the other Papa John programs, mm-hmm. are students who are participating in SciBiz Lab and SciStarters or other programs like that, are those typically your entrepreneurship students or are those kind of two different groups of students that are that are doing those it's both and you know that's kind of why we have so many programs Um, because what I've seen over 25 years is what attracts one student might be completely different for what attracts another student and um, scholarship program I think of the events that people registered for SciBiz Lab um, SciStarters the the there's no direct path like you do this class and then you do this experience and then you're fit for this program it, it, the entry point is varied uh, across all the different types of students that do the programs. Um, I will see some students, um, and we've got some of them who are past students that work for us. So if I look at Megan Sweary or Alex Andrade, Alex took, did every program we offered. He was in the Entrepreneur Club. He was um, in the pitch competitions. He, he did our startup weekends. So he did everything. Um, other students, they just zero in on one program or another like SciStarters, which is the business accelerator for students, um, we'll see students come into that program that have a pretty well-vetted, tractionable business idea that haven't done any of the courses or any of the other programs. And, and that's okay because, you know, that whole smattering of think about a menu, a restaurant menu, some people want an appetizer and some people want the full course and, um, and you know, and it's, and it's different. And there are students that come to Iowa State that, know they want to study entrepreneurship, come from a family business, um, read about it, want to be the next Bill Gates, whatever it is. Um, and they're, But I would say the vast majority of students don't think about that but get exposed to programs or courses, and that's what sort of lights their little fire, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is kind of cool. I want to do more. Um, in particular with a, a technical student, engineer, for example, um, need to take an elective course. They might take Jim Fay's course completely changes their perspective on everything they want to do the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why it's so important to have um, truly cross-campus entrepreneurship opportunities um, and different ones that, that, so that people can figure out what their, what their right path is. I can definitely agree with, um, like you said, with Jim Fay's course uh, and talking with him and uh, then talking with some of his uh, employees, I suppose, that were working there uh, with him. Like you said, uh, I think one one conversation stuck out in particular. He was, you know, looking forward to going and getting the the industrial engineering career with a big company and getting ready to head out the door and took this class and then just completely, yep, 
completely 180 um and yeah it was it was a cool conversation uh so i think i think you're definitely right it seems like from what i've seen in size starters or uh through other programs it's it's not always the same ones that i see at entrepreneurship club and in uh in the major per se um so yeah well and and i maybe i'm biased but entrepreneurship helps everybody I, I, that that way of thinking and we encourage people to think about it not just as starting a business that's obviously a really um, specific outcome but it's a way of solving problems and a way of thinking and a way of you know teaching people to learn how to pitch competitions just learning how to pitch an idea that applies to um, your career doing you know doing job searches uh, working in within a company so the 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 concepts behind entrepreneurship, in my opinion, can't hurt anybody. Uh, not all of our students, their goal isn't always to start a business. Many of them do. That's really cool. But the process of working through that applies across whatever they do the rest of their life. So they're, they're great skill sets to learn. Um, like I said, I'm a little bit biased, but I have yet to see a student who didn't benefit from being a part of something on the entrepreneurship program side. For sure. Speaking of uh size starters that was when i first started working here at the research park that was one of the uh most enjoyable events to go down and listen to uh and to to hear some of these business ideas like you said some of them are uh very established and and are doing well by the time they get to the program some of them are maybe in in the very early stages what are some of the coolest things that you've ever seen come through size starters what are some memories that stick out um, I, how old how old is the Size Starters program specifically? So we've we've had six years of okay. the program. Started the same year as Startup Factory, actually, and um, sixty four uh, businesses have come out of there. Probably eighty different students have been a part of that because some are teams. Over half of them are still functioning in one way or another, um, which is really cool. But I think for me, it's it's a combination of things. What you you watch, not only do you watch the business idea progress through that, you know, the hard process of iterating and pivoting and and really thinking about and having to answer tough questions. You know, you come in with this idea, this is what people want. This applies to any business. Um, but when you really learn what your potential customers want, it could be completely different. And so that process of accepting that, that maybe what I'm building isn't right, but if I did it this way, I actually might have something. And that's a, that's a hard process when you have your idea and you're pretty passionate about it, but if that idea has to change in order to enter the marketplace, um, that's, that's tough to work, work through. But in particular, what I see with students is um, their ability to have confidence in presenting what they're doing, learn to work collaboratively with other teams, and then the, the people they get to meet in that program, Phenomenal people who, um, it's always, students are always surprised that these really successful people are so generous with their time and input. And to watch them experience, have lunch with John Papa John here in the boardroom, whatever that is, um, is astounding and fun and meaningful to the students. So I, you watch this transformation of fumbling through what they're trying to explain, what they do, and then come out at the end, and you've seen them present and we work really really hard at that we we make them practice we 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 push them we coach them um they come out at the end just impressive (laughs) you know they can deliver their message um and then they get people that want to buy their products or help them and so that sort of transformative process of going through the work 
um, different from a class. You learn things in a class, but it's so personal when, you, when you're when you taking a business idea through this process. Um, but they probably meet 60, 80 different people between mentors and educators and stuff that are professional service providers. So they get connected to some pretty amazing people, um, and they just always are blown away that how nice people were. I mean, not just because we're in Iowa, but that's that's how entrepreneurs and, and business folks are. So watching them go through that is is really fun and rewarding. And then, you know, I always joke that it's, you know, my proud mom moment. You feel like they're all your kids. And when mm-hmm. they perform so well, it's really, you know, it's really fun to watch. That's cool. Do you have a, a lineup for uh, the spring or I suppose it, does it start in the summer or, or the it's, spring? it's a summer program. So we we just opened the applications while well, they're open. Um, we're just promoting that right now. So we'll take applications. I think March 8th is the deadline mm-hmm. for students to apply. Um, and if you think about the programming we do, a lot of the program we do, these pitch events and, and some of the course things that we do help, um, help us develop that pipeline of people that will be a good fit for size starters. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty competitive. Um, you know, we have anywhere from 12 to 15 companies because uh, it's based on funding and, and capacity. And COVID, we had to go virtual, obviously. Um, and we want it to be interdisciplinary. So there are a lot of factors, but we had, I can't remember exactly, 45, 50 applicants. So with the first year, we were just kind of reaching out, trying to find eight, eight companies. Yep. Um, and so it's, it's grown. Uh, all the colleges support it, which is awesome. So it's, it's truly a campus-wide, um, campus-wide opportunity. So we'll, we'll open those applications now. We've already had people asking, ready to apply. That's great. Um, we're hoping at least by the end of the summer we'll be able to do some at least hybrid way of yep. being in touch with people face-to-face in, in one way or another. Cool. Exciting. Yeah. I, I guess, and so if you want to talk about COVID, the, the thing is, is COVID obviously forced us to change the way we deliver. Um, and we had to make some adaptations, but overall it worked really well. But who better to do that than a group of uh, entrepreneurship focused yeah, folks, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Being innovative, as we say here at the Being university. Being innovative. Right? That has certainly been a uh, theme that I've seen develop, uh, like I said, through four years here at the university. Um, it seems a lot of it seems to come from the highest office uh, of mm-hmm. President Winterstein. We see a lot of innovation programs, uh, a lot of encouragement incentives around taking those entrepreneurship classes. How, how have you seen how have you seen the environment change around you? I mean, you've always been focused on that here mm-hmm. with the center, but how has the university kind of uh, how has the university changed? Or what, what does that look like? Um, oh, the, the culture has changed significantly. Um, the adoption of entrepreneurship and innovation across campus has changed significantly. Iowa State has always done a really good job, I, I think. I mean, you look at the history of the research park, you look at companies that have, that have spun out, um, changes in presidency have always sort of impacted that. Um, and, and we've worked across campus and in the community very successfully for many, many years. But when President Winterstein came on board with her experience from the Ag College and she saw how agricultural entrepreneurship impacted the engagement that they had with their graduates and their alumni um, and carried that into the presidency and made a pretty bold statement that Iowa State is going to be an innovative and entrepreneurial university, that opened up um, a lot of minds probably a lot of doors. 
it certainly has made our job a lot easier because we're not working from the bottom trying to share with people why this is important and valuable. Um, But she has branded it. She has brought on every dean on board with uh, embracing that that mission um, and that statement, which is really cool. So, um, you know, if you've watched the news, we, we get national awards for entrepreneurship innovation, and it, it 100% it has to do with having a president that um, that embraces that. So, it's been awesome. I think President Winterstein is fabulous. Um, David Spaulding in the Ivy Business College, the the academic programs that have spurred the engagement having David Spaulding in the interim role with economic development has helped us bridge. We've always tried to sort of bridge the academic and the business community. Um, He's taken that to a whole nother level. So our leadership, but I also look at the dean of all of the colleges and what they've done and supported within their colleges has been um, truly instrumental in, in really just raising the level of how we do entrepreneurship and innovation at Iowa State to a level that I couldn't even have imagined, to be honest with you. It's great. It's fabulous. Good. Good to hear. So what about uh, Sci- so what about SciBiz Lab? We talked about Sci Starters. Talk about SciBiz Lab. So SciBiz Lab, um, interdisciplinary student consulting program, but the clients we serve hit a lot of segments, and so we work with startups, we work with small and large companies, um, but we also work with academic departments and uh, research groups. So students can do market market research, market validation, they do surveys, they do cold calling, they do all kinds of stuff to help people validate a technology or validate a business idea. Um, and, and serve a number of clients, uh, types of clients. The business process is the same, the research process is the same, but applying across all these disciplines. Um, Cybiz Lab, we, we, although we have a lot of business students, both undergraduate and MBA students, we also hire students outside the College of Business. And I think that's what makes our program unique is the ability to put together these interdisciplinary teams to serve company, company pro- to help solve company problems. Um, we're not tied to a specific class, so we don't have to operate in the semester timeline. Um, and great experience with students, but they're bright students that are trained, they're employees, so they're not just doing this as a class project. They're pretty dedicated students, and and they do a phenomenal job. So, um, you know, I guess I, I'd love to throw in the, the hat that Cybiz is a great program we offer here with fabulous students, 20 to 30 students a semester when we're in full swing. Um, if, there's, if there is somebody listening that wants to get involved in that, what is the process? What does that process look like? Um, phone call, email. We have an online portal s- submittal, and um, and we really start with a conversation. You know, what need are you trying to solve? We scope out a project. Everything's done under NDA, and then our process is to identify the team members, assign a team lead, help prepare them, help scope out that project, um, support them along the way, help them make connections. <clears throat> students will come out and give a final presentation to each of the companies. Um, the students that, that graduate with Cybiz Lab experience get fabulous jobs. <clears throat> they uh, they learn a lot. They learn how to run meetings, work with leadership, um, but really focus in on what you're trying to accomplish with with each of those. All kinds of different companies. So um, it's a great resource here um, that is 
above and beyond having students work on a class project as part of a team. Yeah, we look at <clears throat> we look at cybers as you know. Imagine for a company, it's like having a a, a group of student interns on a team that we manage for you. <laughs> so it's it's a win win situation. Win win for the the students get fabulous experience. They do wonderful work. Um, and every company, every organization, every department has stuff they need to tackle that they just don't have the time and capacity to do. And so the Cybiz is a great answer for that. Um, they kind of become a part of your company. They're focused on your problem and, and their objective. So they, they bring in a, they can talk to your clients, they can talk to um, alumni, they can talk to the community and get objective feedback that goes back to the company without um, being a part of the company, but kind of being part of the company. Mm-hmm. So the objective, and, and it's very data-driven. What we do is very data-driven. So we really go get data, best practices, actual survey information from um, whether it's competitors or customers or uh, just random people that that's really helpful and, and all based on um, metrics that can be applied within the company. So great little program and very proud of those students. They the students that I've talked to... They're, they're phenomenal. The students I've talked to who have been through have nothing but great things to say. I mean, I, it they, sounds like a great thing. They love it. And, and they're doing work that makes a difference. So it's different from doing a case study in a class. Um, they're, they're really helping companies, and they're very motivated by that. And they see their work um, become applied within those companies, which is really cool. We've had, we had a company we worked with once, and one of our MBA students, uh, who was the team lead on that project, was so impressive that the company, the CEO called me afterwards and wanted to, you know, have this young man continue to do work for him, which he did. And he said, you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but, you know, I'm going to be retiring soon. And I'd really love to bring this young man on and become a partner and turn the company over to him. So, I mean, what, what, a, what a compliment to a, to a young person yeah. to be offered a company as a part of because you did such a great job with the project, yeah. you know, that's pretty cool. That's what I was going to ask is uh, you mentioned that students that go through the program get great jobs what have you seen a lot of students be asked to work for the companies that they're helping is that is that a pretty common occurrence yeah they've either done continued work they've come on as interns or they've gone to work um i think of um elliot Frey's working down at principal he, he had no interest in principal he, he wanted to go a different route based on his major but did a couple of projects with principal one of the projects was to look at their leadership development program which is a rotational training program and after interviewing the people that had been through that program, he's like, I'm applying for this. So 600 people apply for that from multiple states. They narrow it to 12 in-person interviews. They do, um, uh, or I mean, like four phone interviews, 12 phone interviews, and they only bring four people to campus as potential hires. He ended up getting hired. I have to believe that that engagement he'd already had, um, which sold him on the company and sold the company on what they could see him do got him into that program and so he's still there so he's that's a great story local story and he's in Iowa working in a company um, which is pretty phenomenal that's awesome startup factory mm-hmm. um, startup factory has some exciting news uh, that if you want to talk about that would be awesome uh, what's startup factory going to look like going forward as we kind of you know, get going in 2021, uh, looking forward, what are some, what are some upcoming things that, that you're looking forward to? Well, so Startup Factory, for one, had, you know, I talked about the sort of the three-pronged mission of what we do here. Um, doing work like we do through Startup Factory 
has always been important at the university. We absolutely should be looking at spinning out technologies, supporting companies that, that work from within, within our university. Um, so that, that will not change and will continue. Um, what we'll do, and, and I've talked to a lot of companies that have been through the program. I've talked to a lot of the folks that have either invested in those companies. Um, and what we've got is a really great program. How we change what that structure looks like, um, how we work with companies might look a little bit differently. But yeah, excited to have Peter Hong coming on board as the Startup Factory Director. He's uh, worked a lot with startup technology companies. Um, I think we'll bring uh, a wonderfully collaborative spirit to the program. And so it may or may not look much different, but we certainly need to continue the work and really grow and expand and define that program. Um, so we're, we're excited to 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 collaborate and 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 we had you know we have a new program the go to market accelerator which is sort of an extension of startup factory partnership with BioKetNet Iowa and VentureNet Iowa so again it goes back to the original mission of let's create and support entrepreneurs in Iowa and so reaching even beyond the university's walls to to support entrepreneurs um, will benefit entrepreneurs in all kinds of places so. We'll see what it looks like. I don't think it's going to look a lot different. Um, you know, I think we've, we've learned a lot. We've got a pretty solid core curriculum. It's really based on the Lean Startup methodology, so it fits in, in line with i as a as a vetting tool to get people to Startup Factory. And um, and we'll, we'll work to grow the mentors and the investors and the alumni that are engaged in the program. Exciting. And cohort, I was reading online, cohort X is the next one, correct? Cohort 10. So the, the past nine, what, what have you seen from the Startup Factory in the past that you really want to emulate going forward? I, I know it's been a very uh, successful program for a lot of companies. Uh, what, are some, what are some of the companies that stick out? I think the first one that comes to my mind it would be Clayton's. Nebulum was cohort. I couldn't tell you. And I remember, you. we Startup Factory sort of existed in parallel with what we were doing up until this last year. Um, Colin Hurd's company, Grosswind Technology. So a lot of park tenants or affiliates um, have seen really great success coming out of the program. Um, and we want to do more of that. Um, Smart Ag yeah, was... Cohort 10. Smart, Smart Ag was a cohort one, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Grosswind Technology were part of cohort one. One of the first ones. And Tractor Zoom. I'm just trying to think of some of the ones that have done really, really well that are still around, which is really cool. So we are going to delay startup ten, start cohort ten. Cohort ten should have launched like this week, um, but we have have a little a little bit of a delay because of the new director. So um, we'll actually do uh, review panels this afternoon, and uh, we'll make a determination whether we um, just delay cohort ten to summer or try to get it launched here real quickly. So our new director Peter comes on board February first. So we'll get caught up somehow and excited get to get started. Ten rolling. Yep. So we do this uh, kind of wrap-up piece at the end of everybody's podcast. Uh, usually, so so far, it's been two uh, kind of early-stage businesses, Jim and Clayton, both uh, looking to grow their businesses. And so I asked them, I gave them a couple of time frames inside of six months, uh, where are you going to be with your company? Now, for you, I suppose that's not as applicable, but I think it's still applicable because, uh, you know, there's, there's been a lot of change just in the last uh, couple of years. And so moving forward, 
I want to ask you, where, where do you want to be? And I'll give you a couple of time frames. Where do you want the Papa John Center to be? Where do you want uh, some of the different programs to be? Um, I'll give you a couple of time frames and just rapid fire at them. And then I want to see what your, what your response is. So within six months, where do you see the Papa John Center? Maybe the startup factory? Uh, what, are, what are some exciting things that are going to happen in the next six months? Well, starting off the first of the year, we're going to double the size of our team and we'll have a whole bunch of new people. So we're going to look different as an organization in the, in the next six months. So the next six months are really going to be focused on onboarding all the new people, integrating our programs, um, and, and dealing with COVID, right? So how do, how do we continue to do what we're doing and grow? Um, the, the folks on my team, you know, we do, you do a word of the year. What's your word for the year? My word is always more. <laughs> and they look at me like I've got two heads because <laughs> how can we possibly do more? Um, but we, we do. And Student Innovation Center on campus is, um, is a great opportunity to, you know, at the top of the funnel, really generate more activity and interest, which is going to mean more, more programs that can serve all those different types of students that we talked about earlier because that entry point, again, is different and what captures a student's interest. So um, next six months are going to be getting everybody on board and then really doing a little bit of strategic planning on, on how, do we grow, how do we grow from here because yeah. I think we've got great opportunities to do that. That was yeah. a longer answer than you were looking no, for. No, that was great. That building is so cool. It's, it's really I, awesome. Terrible timing for COVID to just come along and ruin yeah. the grand opening. Yeah. But that building is so, so cool. We it, have an office in there and I've just, I've, I've visited a couple of times and every, every time I go in there, there's students, you know, as mingling as close as they can, you know, working on stuff. I've seen, uh, just, uh, people designing things and inside of, I mean, it's just, it's, it's not even busy and it feels like you, you can kind of just feel it in the air, you know? Well, you can imagine what that's going to be like Th that student invasion center. I am super excited about because, you know, the challenge we've had all along is we're out here trying to serve students, 36 students across campus. Mm -hmm. And without a physical space to sort of be a hub or a, a landing spot or a place that students can pass by, um, we've never had that in the 25 years I've been here. So that is an answer that it, not only is it a building, but the whole focus is innovation, which is where you start with students and getting, getting their interest into entrepreneurship. So we're wildly excited about the Student Innovation Center, and, and that's going to and we'll actually deliver most of our programming in that building because that'll kind of become the place. So we're, I'm really excited about it. It's a great answer to, to one of our biggest needs that we've Definitely. had. And, uh, and plus, it's just, you're right, it's a cool space and cool opportunities. And, you know, what we've, if you, ha if you haven't got this message, um, collaborating across disciplines and within the, the ecosystem is a really high priority for us, always has been. Um, this just will make that a whole lot easier. And to have a building structured with programming and people that has that same focus of, hey, how do we, how do we collaborate better across campus? We see that in entrepreneurship. You don't build a company with four people of the same discipline. You build a company with different skill sets. And, and so the Innovation Center will help us um, be able to do that more easily, which is great. Definitely. I didn't mean to get off of our rapid-fire oh, okay. yeah, questions. Yeah. But uh, so my next time frame will be two years. What do you think uh, Iowa State's entrepreneurship ecosystem is going to look like in two years from now? Um, well, you know, we made number 11 in the Princeton Review rankings. Goal will be to be a top 10 program. I mean, that's 
that's a great goal. I think that's achievable. Um, and it is, it's a combination of the academic programming, the experiential program and the business support. So that, that would be a, that would be a goal in two years, um, to be a considered a top 10 program. That's our goal. That's the president's goal. I think it's very doable. Um, and getting past COVID and having that buzz of activity at the Student Innovation Center, I think that's going to be phenomenal. Can't wait to hear that. You, you think it's cool now. Just imagine all the different stuff that's going on across the campus. So, so our goal in two years is to have more program, be able to reach more students, be able to help more companies, um, and to be nationally recognized for the work we do. Last one, five years. That's even farther down the road. How can we possibly look that far ahead? But what do you think? We have to look that far ahead because as if nothing else, we know things are going to change. So we have this sort of short-term, COVID has changed things, changed the way we'll do business and grow companies. Um, we know that. It's inevitable. We don't really know what that's going to look like, but we know it'll be different. Um, in five years, um, we hope the research park has to grow more because there's more companies coming out of the university. We hope that we retain more students and provide jobs for them to, to work at companies in Ames. So in five years, I might be thinking about retirement. I don't know. <laughs> I might be pretty tired after five years of this hard work. But um, again, it's, it's more students, more companies, more uh, people working in Ames. I mean, that's, that's our goal, uh, more and being prominent at what we do and being, being really good at what we do, being recognized as a uh, truly, we, you know, we were given a model program award, but we really do want to be a model of how you integrate entrepreneurship and innovation across an entire university um, and combine that with the economic development work that we're doing in the state. So it's relationships, it's people, it's um, investments. It's, and then my really other goal, which we didn't really talk about, is uh, all these wonderful alumni out of the university that want to be engaged and want to give back. And how do we do a better job of giving them opportunities to be a part of all of this? Um, great resources, um, experiences to share with uh, the students and the companies here. So how do we how do we do that better? And um, and I think there are many people across campus also trying to have that same focus. Great. Thank you, Judy, for your time. Uh, always always love talking with you. Um, really exciting things sounds like uh, will be happening here in the future. Uh, with the Papa John Center and all of its programs. So thanks again for your time and uh, best of luck. Thanks.